0: Good morning and you're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR. Today in the studio it is just Jack but we have a fabulous call in with uh, Lisa Deppler um, from Ocean and uh, Freya who you will remember from last week. I'd like to start the program off by uh, acknowledging that we are broadcasting live in the studio from um, stolen Morundry land where uh, sovereignty was never ceded and here at Friends of the Earth we take that very seriously. Um, so today on the line we have Freya um and Lisa, I'm just gonna try and patch them in. Frey and Lisa, are you both there?
2: Yes. Very good morning to you, Jack.
0: Good morning, how are you doing? Um that's that's good. They're always good on the technicals. I think I might have just Is that Freya as well? Is Lisa there?
1: Yes, I'm here. Good morning, Jack.
0: Hey. Um so I think we'll just start off. I know that we've got the conversation today about seismic blasting, and I know that you work for um, Ocean Lisa, um, and seismic blasting has got a very interesting sort of uh, Cold War sound to it. Um, (laughs) And I suppose, could you just give us a kind of brief rundown of what ocean is and what you do at Friends of the Earth and uh, this topic of seismic blasting and kind of what that is to the layman's that is myself? Okay. Ocean
1: uh It's an acronym for Otway Climate Emergency Action Network. So we're basically a group of people uh, who are worried about the ocean and our planet. We've got together. We're mainly from around the Great Ocean Road, Apollo Bay area and the Otways, but we also have members and supporters in Geelong and in Melbourne. And we are basically an activist group um, through the, you know, conventional ways and also some... um, you know, non-violent civil disobedience as well to try and raise the uh, the awareness and the profile of gas exploration in our Otway Basin.
0: Yeah, OK, right. And, I mean, the, the gas exploration is never good, is it? But, I mean, the Otway's there as well is a kind of section of great Australian beauty as it is. I go down there, it's kind of... It's a very, very beautiful place. Um oh
1: a really special part of the world, and we know that we're really lucky to live there. <laughs> yeah. You know, the Great Ocean Road, the beautiful Otway Ranges, and, uh, and uh, you know, a pretty wild, untouched ocean.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose to go on from that, what are the kind of impacts then that we are getting um, from this seismic blasting uh, in that area and any way that it's done?
1: Yeah, look, it came to our attention mainly because we have a, a thriving industry in Apollo Bay, mainly um, the southern rock lobster fishermen, but we also have some uh, giant crab fishermen, shark and uh, pelagic fish as well. And they started, um, you know, letting us know about the damage that have been done to their fishing grounds and to their catch by seismic blasting. Seismic blasting is done to find gas and oil deep underneath the ocean floor. So, uh, what happens is um, a gas company hires a, a, su- a, a survey company and they come along and they survey a title that a gas company, an offshore title that a gas company may hold and they want to find out what's underneath there. To do that, the ship, it's a really large ship generally, and they, they tow around these uh, air guns and they let blasts off behind the ship. Okay. And behind the ship, they trail trail behind a long array of receptors. Sometimes it's ten kilometres long. That's how long it takes this sound to go deep below the ocean floor and come back up. And the ship drives along at four to five knots, and basically covers the the gas company's title in a grid fashion. Uh, now, this will blow your mind. But basically, these blasts are about two hundred and fifty decibels. They are so loud that they're no longer a sound; they're actually a a blast of a violent blast of energy. They kill almost anything that's within a close vicinity of it. But the sound also has the um, has the the ability of damaging and disrupting marine life in the ocean. Uh, The blasts go off every ten seconds. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And often it can take months to cover these titles in a good fashion. And um, it's pretty frightening when you think about that, Zach, what that means. Um, That's non-stop over an area. Um, It it, it damages zooplankton. And um, I'm only learning lately just how important zooplankton is. The biodiversity and even the just continuation of marine life on this planet.
0: Yeah, it zoo seems to be the thing. Yeah, the the whole the lungs yeah. of the ocean, right? There's a big thing. They have a big part to play of just moving all the kind of the guts, moving things about, and you know.
1: Absolutely, so many critters uh, spend in in the ocean spend some stage of their life as zooplankton. For example, the southern rock lobster. Um, it, I think the immature one is called like a pupae or something, <laughs> and the pupae hatches uh, hatches and he floats around in the like in the water column and goes around the planet twice before returning to that reef where it originated from. So that's just the southern rock lobster. There are so many critters that it, this is how they you know that this is how they've evolved. And so, you know, it's not just not that krill's not important, but it's not just krill or just little microorganisms. It's really, really important to um, to biodiversity in the planet. And just one thing that will add to this, as that ship is going along letting off those blasts, they we know scientifically that they damage and kill zooplankton for up to one point two kilometres. We don't know if it's beyond that, that's just as far as the um, the study went. Now you add that to the, um, the, the tidal movements moving in an east and west direction at, uh, four to six knots and you're basically creating a conveyor belt of death as it feeds that ship whose blasts are going off every ten seconds. Basically creating vast tracks of, um, of, you know, areas, uh, devoid of zooplankton.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that sounds completely destructive, I suppose. Um is do locals know can the locals hear it? I suppose the only time that these things become um, you know, in the mind eye of people is when they it's it's obvious or how how off seas are these how um, shall we say, sneaky yeah. are the companies being in cuz you know, that's a lot of decibels and I'm sure if it was too close to shore people would have some idea, would they?
2: Yeah, look, they
1: are uh, most of this, is at least sixty k's out to sea mm. from the from the coastline, uh, and no, you don't you don't see it, uh, you don't hear it. A lot of the stuff that goes on in the Otway Basin is quite insidious. Um, you know they. Uh, uh, we had a, we had an exploration well get towed past Apollo Bay a couple of weeks ago. And you know, social media and the phones were a buzz. Everybody's ringing me going, what's that? Is that an oil rig? And you know, that's, and I think it was because it was just a really stiff onshore breeze that they actually brought this exploration rig in close enough that we could see it. But most of the time, even us people who live on the coast, don't know what's going on out there you can't hear it and you can't see it yeah um yeah even even when they put a a well in it's a subsea well it's underneath the water you can sail straight over it and you you don't know you know that you're sailing over a well so once these things are in place um there's not that much to see
0: yeah, I mean, and it doesn't surprise me, that, um, as I'm sure it doesn't surprise you, because I'm sure it would kick up way more of a fuss if people knew that these, um, the, the the guns, the, the air guns, I mean, it all sounds a little bit fiction. Um, sadly, it's not, doesn't it? It does. There'd be
1: riots in the streets. Yeah, absolutely.
0: It's happening on land. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, I suppose you've touched on with the um, Southern Lobster there, but in the Otway Basin itself, um, with the marine life and obviously there's impacts on them but then like how's it affecting um people that live there and uh and the further impacts of say commercial fisheries in the area and that sort of thing around that that where where you live around there
2: okay well
1: look it's definitely inf- impacting on uh they have not had as many visits from Wales as they normally do and that's a large part of tourism during winter for mm-hmm. Warrnambool um it 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 impacts on whales' migrations breeding and feeding, it displaces them from, um, you know, uh, routes that they've been taking for thousands and thousands of years. You know, whales, big, uh, sound carries through the water so much further than what it does in the air. And, and, you know, anecdotally, I don't think there's been any scientific evidence, so I can't refer anything to that, but anecdotally there are less whales being seen and, um, and it's definitely impacting tourism there. Um, uh as far as, um, I'm trying to think, I think giant crab, it's definitely impacted them. Uh, our local fishermen in Apollo Bay, they, uh, they reckon that once a, a reef has been seismic blasted, it can take at least five years for them to start to get a catch from that reef again to recover. But often, because uh, this seismic data and that is held by the company that does it, sometimes, no sooner, a reef starts to recover and another mob's allowed to come in and seismic blast it again. Um, there doesn't seem to be any sort of control over uh, whether they repeat this testing in the same areas. Yeah. yeah but look, otherwise, you know, it doesn't really uh, impact people along the great ocean road like i say it's quite insidious and you really don't see much of what is going on out there
0: yeah yeah i mean like you say it being offshore and it being so far away and i suppose these are the things with um projects like this um i'm sure they're in no rush to let people know the true extent of them either um you know it's not that's something that i've heard about myself until um researching a bit about what ocean are doing it's you know it's not something that's going to be in they're going to be screaming from rooftops is it it's, um but yeah no was...
1: it's, it's perfect it's cowboy country and, <laughs> and nobody can see them or report on them you know it's, it's not like gas on land where we could lock the gate um you know we there's not much that we can do uh other than i think raise awareness and um and and just the lack of consultation in the in the designation of these titles and the release of these titles is is it's amazing once you start delving into it and yeah. it it's hard to believe that this is the system that the Australian government has for releasing our offshore resources.
0: Yeah, and I think that it's something that, um, it's kind of common, isn't it, when it's out of sight for them to be a bit, Lacks with the way that they are controlling the destruction to the environment as though it's the environment's really only a pressing matter if you can see the effects of it when you're driving down the highway or if you're walking in the bush but if it's out of sight and out of mind there tends to be fewer controls on these projects um i suppose from an extension of that how how prevalent are these projects in australia and is the vic government got any of them in the pipeline like they is is this something that is growing or is it something um that is stagnating kind of what's the state of play for them
1: well the release of titles has has grown exponentially um, in in the Otway, but i think they're looking in the, in victoria i think reserves are starting to get a bit depleted in Gippsland, and that's got its own problems. What that has, how that has impacted on groundwater over in Gippsland, and now they're looking at some fresh blood, which is um, the Otway Basin. In 2021, they released uh, titles that were at least probably four, between four and five times bigger than all previous releases put together in 2021. So, and uh, 2022 releases are about to be announced. Um, uh, I think on the 22nd of August. Um, so they're definitely looking um, at the Otway Basin, a lot of attention going on there. The, the just ocean certainly does not want to see the Otway Basin become a, like it is offshore from Dipsland. And then up on the northwest coast of um, Western Australia, um, it's... It's gobsmacking the areas that are being released. There, Uh, there's a website that you can go to. uh, Just uh, Google NOPTA. NOPTA that stands for National Offshore Petroleum Titles Administration. And there's an interactive map where you can see the titles that are being released, and it's pretty scary.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll make sure we put that in the show notes as well because that would be be, uh, an interesting one for people to look at, especially because. What's close to home, I guess. Um, and with with the what's close to home and these titles, um, is what's the reaction like around the outways? Is, is, is this something that people are aware of? And then, um, you know, we've got the, the blindness from over here in Melbourne that it's it's not occurring, or you know, what what's the kind of go over there with uh, people and their opinions? Oh,
1: look, I think Ocean has hammered the locals enough. <laughs> I reckon <laughs> that most locals in the outways are going to know what hydrogen testing is. <laughs> because we we march down the streets in Apollo Bay during the busy period. Not so much to tell the locals, more to tell our visitors from Melbourne. I think knowledge down there isn't too bad. It's a very green area. A lot of conservationists and a lot of people care about the, our fishing industry. Uh, our biggest our biggest challenge is trying to get this uh, voice and this information out to the wider community to be honest because i i think you know the only way we're going to stop this is if people knowing and being aware of what's happening and so you know i i would guess that most ordinary Australians don't really know what what offshore seismic blasting is
0: i'd say you're probably right i mean i'd on this radio show, and I've been with Friends of the Earth, and honestly, it's not something that I'm that clued upon, Even the science of it, it's like, yeah, it's it's a very interesting sounding thing. It doesn't sound quite like doesn't. There's nothing about it that sounds good. I don't think it's not even as though they've tried to PR it and um, make it sound like something that's having a positive effect. It almost sounds a bit dirty. Um.
1: Oh look, it. Um, and what the trouble is that we know there's a lot more that we don't know than what we do know. You know, it reminds me of the tobacco industry when, you know, those early days when they're trying to sort of prove that, or the asbestos industry, that, you know, the the onus is on the victims to to prove that there is damage being done, not for them to prove that they're not doing damage. Unfortunately, most of the scientific data is only based around commercial uh, fisheries, and there's definitely scientific evidence that it does do damage. We know it um, it it damages um, the 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 ability for a rock lobster to balance after it's been through and and that you know it doesn't take long for uh, an animal that's slightly injured to get um done in by a predator in the ocean. you know it takes a split second of some sort of you know some sort of damage. Uh, we know there's scientific evidence that, uh, a whole oyster, um, scallop bed was killed off the northwest coast of Tasmania. Uh, look, there's plenty of evidence that, um, at, at the moment, the only people that can really afford to do these scientific studies are the gas and oil companies themselves out on their seismic ships or, you know, and so, you know,
0: I is it somebody, is it all the companies or
1: the foxes in the chook house? You know, yeah. they're doing the scientific testing and and generally only for fisheries industry. So you know, nobody really gives a hoot about all those other off target target species that may be damaged. So you know, uh, if this were happening on land, the um, EPBC Act would uh, there's a a um, clause called the precautionary principle. Where if if you can't be sure that you're not damaging or impacting a species or a habitat then you must uh, you must um, take um precautions but um, for some reason that doesn't that doesn't uh, count out in the ocean
0: is that right that's shocking really and is we do I know you touched on companies there, um are there set offenders or is it just, you know, the whole um team of these uh, gas and oil companies that are getting involved?
1: Just all the big names are there. <laughs> <laughs> Chevron, Shell and Beach Energy, uh there's a local mob in Port Campbell. Um, yeah, and then you've got your seismic testing companies, so the one that's given us the most grief in the uh Otway Basin is uh, Schlumberger. They are a multinational uh, surveying company that basically gets out there and uh, prospects by blasting vast areas of the ocean and then selling that data to whoever on the world market. Yeah. Um, It's pretty amazing that they can just come into Australian territory and just blast away and destroy our marine life, gather this data, and then we don't even own the data. Yeah. It's just sold off to whoever, I guess, the highest bidder. I'm not really sure how it works, but if you get on Chambaget's website, you'll see that they, you know, they advertise selling their data all over the world. So in um, 2019, they did a massive uh, 2D seismic testing off the coast, and they actually ran over a World War II chemical weapons dump site that had been left quite some time ago just on the edge of the continental shelf. We contacted uh, NOXEMA, which is the Safety and Environment Authority, for this sort of work, and basically the onus was on Ocean to try and prove that they may have disrupted or damaged those canisters with uh, you know, with these uh, lethal chemicals in them. So there was there was no incident report, and that was Schlumberger's.
0: Yeah, um, yeah and but, I mean, how how do you keep people to account if the people that should be keeping them to account aren't really keeping yeah. them to account you know what i mean and it falls yeah. on good people like yourself who give up their time to actually push for decent change um i guess to extend from that and i'll do a final question i'll i'll try and patch freya back in i was struggling to get you both on the line <laughs> at the same time so i might ask for freya's okay. thoughts after, but I suppose um, in kind of conclusion, what what can people do to help and get involved in yeah all, all the good stuff? And I'll take her notes and we'll get this on the show notes so people can get jump in.
1: Okay, well, join Ocean <laughs> um,
0: um,
1: because you know we do have actions in Melbourne uh, and we do come up to Melbourne a, a bit. And uh, we've got a fantastic website. It's ocean.org.au. We actually have a... a, We have been funded by Patagonia to create a 59-second instructive film about seismic blasting in the Otway Basin. And, look, we hope to release that in a couple of weeks. I would just love it if everybody... uh, When you see that on social media and getting shared, please share it. I think... For starters, the most important thing we can do is just
2: tell your
0: friends about it and get the knowledge out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, by the sounds of things that, you know, you're doing a good job and we do definitely need a bit more um, bit more sight on this. cool about the Patagonia film? Well done, by the way. That's I know! Oh, yeah, it's a company <laughs> that I do have... A, there's not many companies that make clothes that I have a lot of respect for, but Patagonia is probably one of them, so...
1: Yeah, so great to look after a little mob like us, and um, yeah, and we've got a really young, a young, uh, really talented filmmaker who's a member from Apollo Bay, young Jackson Hyatt, and um, he's producing the film. So, uh, and he's yeah, it's his first attempt at animation. And so it should be good. It might be a bit rustic, but we
0: don't think that'll matter. <laughs> no, what a project to have your first one on board with. That's, that's great. So good luck yeah. to Jackson. Um, so, Lisa, I, just, I suppose thanks very much for giving up your time this morning. And that was very informative, great interview. Um, and I will get all of the ocean information on the show notes and people can start sharing. And I'll eagerly await this 59-second uh, Patagonia film that comes up.
2: Thank you so
1: much. Thank you for talking to us. Really happy to talk to anybody and
0: share the word. All good. Thanks, Lisa. Have a good day.
1: You
0: too. Bye-bye. Are you there, Freya?
2: Yes, I am.
0: Hello. Sorry about Hello. that. I was struggling to get you both on the line at the same time. I've done it before, but, you know, rusty. <laughs> it was a couple of months ago. Um, so I figured I'd pull you back in and see if you had any, uh, I don't know, little tidbits or anything that you wanted to mention that maybe I didn't cover.
2: Well, I just want to really thank you, Jack, for giving the space for Lisa to talk about the impact of seismic blasting. And it's really one of the overlooked areas of the gas and oil industry, you know. And as Lisa said, it's, it's so far from what we're seeing, you know, we, you know, we're not directly impacted by it in a way that's immediately obvious to us. So, uh, it is something that I think we really need more people to understand. You know just just how much of an impact it has, and um, and as Lisa said, we really don't know because they don't do adequate studies on the consequences of seismic blasting offshore. Um, you know, we know from the state of the environment report that Australia's uh, environmental legislation is failing the environment. And uh, and all of the environmental legislation we have is simply there because we've had massive pushback from activists in the community, raising awareness about the issues that they see in front of them. Well, we don't see this one in front of us. We don't hear it, you know. So we're largely oblivious, and it means that they've been able to, um, you know, the, the industry has been able to ride roughshod over possible environmental consequences, and um, and and basically, you know, as Lisa so beautifully put it, it's cowboy territory out there. We were talking about... uh, So Friends of the Earth is working with Ocean to raise awareness about this issue, and um, we were talking about staging some sort of action in the city, and I went, well, what if we released a blast of noise that was on par with the sorts of um, sonar explosions that we're seeing, or you're not seeing, but, you know, that um, seismic blasting is responsible for, but we realised that if we tried to do that, it would be so heavily illegal because that level of noise is well and truly beyond the threshold of what humans can bear. Yeah. And um, and it, 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 it's outrageous then that we would be prepared to consider that for the oceans yeah, of absolutely. Victoria and Australia. Yeah, yeah. I, couldn't, I
0: couldn't look, honestly cannot get my head around the noise that that is given, especially in an environment that is noise-based, you know, there's this, the, the, that's, that's the communication of the ocean, isn't it? Those things travel a long way and you've yeah, got exactly. something that, could you imagine if your neighbour was pumping a house party Yeah, was it, 250? It, right, it's just <laughs> crazy and,
2: you know, I mean, we know that a deaf whale is a dead whale. They rely on um, sound to communicate with each other, to find food, um, to navigate and uh, and we're prepared to, in an area that is you know the um, migratory route of a number of whales, as well as you know our, all the other species that <laughs> share the ocean with them. Yeah. Um, and, and we're prepared to consign them to that kind of distress and damage is simply outrageous. And 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 for what? So that we can find more gas and oil to heat up the planet, to heat up the oceans. I mean, the whole thing is just absolutely outrageous and really needs a lot more scrutiny and a lot more pushback, I think, from the general public. So this is something that we're targeting on more as we um, unpack all of the various forms of damage that are being given to us by the gas and oil industry.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's great work and, you know, um, what Lisa's doing over there at Ocean is fantastic. So it's been great to have you both on. Thanks for coming in for a second week. Um, Appreciate that one.
2: Oh, absolutely a pleasure. Always, Always happy to chat. Jack, and, um, and thanks again for creating a forum for um, some of this news to get
0: out into the world. Not a problem. All right, Freya, have a good rest of your day. Thanks for calling in. Thanks
2: so much. Cheers.
0: Same to you. Bye. You're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR. Um, that was a great chat with uh, Freya and Lisa um, about seismic blasting, and you'll be able to get all that information um, on the podcasts, and uh, if you go to Friends of the Earth, you can also look into those two different areas that we look into we look at lots of things at friends of the earth so anything that you might be interested for your environmental and uh, social activist needs please get involved um so thanks for coming in today and up next we have billabong beats i will just play this out with a bit of a song by adetta an old but a gold thank you ain't no use sitting wondering why baby it don't matter
2: anyhow it ain't no baby I've never known. Well, it-